What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike Heitman Show, your place for music, motivation, and modern love. It's Monday, and so we're going to be doing some self-improvement, motivational things today. And as I announced on Friday, this week I'm going to be talking about connection and how we can connect with ourselves, which is what we're going to focus on today, and how we can connect with a potential partner. Now, potential partner doesn't necessarily mean romantic relationship. You know, it could be a business associate, a friend, or whatever. But we're going to focus a little bit on these and just give you some insight and things that I'm learning. If there's anything you're taking away from all of these episodes that are on Monday and Wednesday, it's not that I am a, you know, authority on any or many of these things. It's just I am continually trying to learn and to better myself, and I'm just passing along information. You can take it or leave it. Hopefully, at least some of it's helpful, and that's why you keep coming back. But I just figure I, if it works for me, it will probably work for at least one of you out there. So the first thing we need to, to realize about connecting with our inner self and our true self is that... Our society, at least in America, but I would even say maybe more than just America in the Western world, is we preach that, you know, we're all interconnected. And when we think about the internet and social media, yes, we're connected. But really what goes on is we're disconnected. It's awful at disconnection, right? Take these stats, for example. The average American sees four to 10,000 ads per day. So that's a distraction, right? They're distracting you from whatever you're focusing on. Maybe it is that show that you were watching or you're driving down the street and there's an ad on a billboard or whatever. Okay, it's a distraction. Also, this is a huge one. The average American checks their phone 344 times per day. Now, if we narrow that down to about 16 hours of actual awake time, figuring that the average person is supposed to sleep eight hours, that would mean that you're checking your phone 21 and a half times per hour or a little under every three minutes. Right? That's crazy. You're constantly distracted and disconnected, right? Because if we're looking down at our phones, we're not connecting with the world in front of us. Not only that, there's a, there was a study that said that attention span is down 33% over time due to all of the technology and, and stuff like that. And so it's very easy to not be connected to yourself because you got not only all of those things, but you have the other things that distract you like your job or other health issues or you name it. There's so many things that you can easily distract yourself with. But what we have to do, especially as we go down this road of self-improvement and as we struggle through life, a lot of the recovery from all of that, because often when we struggle really, really hard, there's some kind of trauma that is associated with it, whether it's the thing that we're actually going through, like trauma from that, or it could be trauma that's from childhood that you haven't really addressed and it just keeps rearing its ugly head over and over and over again. And because you haven't done the work to really sort that out, or at least when it comes up, you have tools to combat that, 
you know, it's very easy to not be connected with your inner and true self because our inner and true self is the most powerful thing that we have. As we're going through life, we have things happen to us. And we have choices on how we react. But often, our reactions are a reflection of our inner thoughts or our, our inner self. It's very hard when, for example, you say you felt abandoned as a, as a kid for whatever reason, you know, your, one of your parents wasn't around, or maybe both of them weren't, uh, maybe you're an orphan, um, and so when you eventually get to be an adult, and you see someone that you're dating showing some of those same characteristics, you're going to automatically assume that they're going to abandon you, which may or may not be true, right, because you're filtering that through your experience and your inner thoughts, right, so Tim Ferriss, he had Dr. Gabor Mate on his show recently, and he had him do an exercise that helps people identify what is really going on with the reactions that we have for negative things that come into our life. This is something I do uh, in my groups or, or, or when I teach. I ask people to tell me some recent episode when they're upset with somebody with their lives something that they're open to sharing. So it doesn't have to be anything sorted or thing, but just something, you know, whether it's your spouse, partner, the bus driver, a friend. Okay, so what happened? Just, there were a number of issues in my home, broken uh, aspects of the home, things that were falling apart or needed to be fixed. Physically. Physically. Okay, yeah. Right. And I had hired someone to do these things right. while I was gone. Okay. And I came back and none of them were fixed. Okay. And your emotional reaction was? Anger. Rage. Anger, okay. Anything else besides anger? Frustration. I was disappointed. Disappointed is sadness. Well, disappointed is not so much an emotion as a state of mind. I'm asking what the emotions were. I'm, I'm, What's inside disappointment? Something didn't happen. I wanted it to happen. How do I feel? Isn't there sadness there? Yeah, sadness. So there's anger and sadness. Those are the emotions. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a silly question. What were you sad and angry about? What, 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 what does that mean that they didn't fulfill their commitments? They didn't care about me. They uh -huh. didn't have that. They, they didn't, didn't respect me. So they didn't care about you and didn't respect you. What kind of person doesn't get cared or respected? Someone who doesn't deserve to be cared for or respected. Exactly. Somebody right. unworthy, right? If there are other people here, which there usually are when I do this exercise, I would ask them, okay, we just listened to uh, Tim tell us about this experience. Are there other reasons why this other person might not have done the work right. that has nothing to do with yep. him or her not caring about him or not respecting him? So what other reasons might there be? A million and one. I mean, Name it, one. Yeah. The, it, he, could have, he could be in the hospital. He could be in the hospital. His what part, else? Part what else? cared one could have been in a car accident. Exactly. Uh, he had a, a flight delay and got caught on Puerto Rico during a hurricane. I'm, yeah, the, he's got ADHD. Yeah. Uh, he, and he can't follow through. Um, he's under stress and he couldn't... Okay. And any number of possibilities. Yeah. Now, of all the possibilities that you've just uh, outlined including that he, they don't care about you or respect you, which is the worst one. So let's notice something. Mm. A, you, I should say we, because we're all like this, we don't respond to what happens. Mm -hmm. We respond to our perception of what happens, okay? That's what the Buddha said. It's with our minds we create the world. 
so that if you'd found out he had ADHD or, or he was stressed or, you know, you might have been sad for him, but we would not have been angry and you would not have been sad. So, first of all, we don't respond to what happens. We respond to our perception of what happens, to our interpretation of what happens. Number one. Number two, of all the possible interpretations, we choose the worst one. Thirdly, what I just said isn't true. We didn't choose it. It's not like you went through all these possibilities <laughs> and you right. said, it was a multiple choice yeah, I chose. You didn't do that. Your brain jumped there automatically, right? Mm -hmm. and the question is why? Yeah. Now, here's the learning. First time in your life that you felt hurt and angry that you, when you perceived somebody didn't care about you or didn't respect you? Or has it happened before? And most people I talk to, um, it goes back way back in, into childhood. And that's what trauma is. We don't respond to the present moment. We respond to the past. But along the lines of our discussion, it's a beautiful learning opportunity. Now you get to know. Now what if you assumed for a moment that you're the most lovable, most worthy of care, most worthy of respect person in the history of the universe, and this guy doesn't do your home? What's your response? Any number of the other options, which does not trigger yeah. An intense negative emotional state. Yeah. So something in you, I would argue, still believes that you're not worthy of care and respect. And that's what gets triggered. So who's the one that doesn't care about you? And who's the one that doesn't think you're worthy of respect? No, it'd be me. It'd be you. So that's a learning. No, it is. And this yeah. is exactly what you're talking about. You're this saying is, how these difficult yeah. things, how these uh, problems are always teaching opportunities. And that's the beauty of healing is that when you reframe things and you, and you actually see the source within ourselves, all of a sudden, that's liberating. Because guess what? If you're feeling that way because this guy did this or didn't do that, that makes you a victim. But if you see that you're the source, now you're powerful. So as he explains through that exercise, our filtering mechanism is all through our past, if we let it do that. Our past is not our future, and it isn't even necessarily our present. We have to make sure that when things happen to us, we are not automatically jumping and going to what the trauma was, and therefore we now still believe the things that came out of that trauma. We have to as much as we can step back and connect with our true selves and often this comes with like I talked about uh, a couple weeks ago uh, the being present thing using Mel Robbins 54321 you know and being in that moment making sure that we can connect with our true selves when we are in facing difficulties and adversity is really really important so that we don't keep going down these rabbit holes and just getting further away from ourselves or God or whatever I mean how many times have we gone through a struggle it could be you know any kind of struggle relationship uh, health or whatever and we're like I just lost myself in it why would you lose yourself if you're constantly trying to make sure that you're connecting it's because you let your self-worth be moved to something else. Or you let your mind just rampant, go rampantly wherever, instead of staying present and connected to yourself, right? 
The power of our wild, and that's both a positive and a negative, depending on what's going on, uncontrolled mind has the ability to shape our world in massive ways. And I really like what Dr. Mate says about how, you know, if you're religious and you have this idea of, well, I'm either going to go to heaven or hell, where that idea actually is. So whether you're going to heaven, it all happens up here, which is such a powerful teaching, because this is what we can work on. You know, if we're, if we're victims of the world, Ramana Maharshi, who's a great Indian uh, guru, um, he said something like, if your foot hurts when you walk outside, you can do two things. One is to wrap the whole world in burlap, or you can get a pair of shoes. You can see yourself as the victim of the world and trying to change the world so that you, they won't hurt you anymore, or you can actually empower yourself. And that's what the healing is all about. Whether we believe we're going to heaven or hell, it's all in our mind. Everything is mindset. This is one of the big things that I have learned in 2022 and I'm trying to implement. Your mindset will completely change your fucking life in positive or negative ways once you realize how powerful it is. And the one thing that is so cool about finding your inner self and connecting with it is that every single situation you're in, whether it's good or bad, but especially the bad, is it can change. Everything in life can change. And that true inner self, that inner voice and connecting with the divine nature within you and all of those good things that just light you on fire, that is readily available. Always. Until the end of your days. The only problem is you have to access it. It's not just going to always be given to you. Sometimes you will have to put in a little bit of effort to make that happen. And Dr. Mate gives a really, really good insight on that. Anybody listening, I just want to know, it doesn't matter what state of mind you're in, it doesn't matter what you're experiencing, it's human, it, it is transmutable, it is transformable, because that true self that you got disconnected from is still available to you. So it's not a question of just talking about what happened in the past. It's a question of how do we reconnect to ourselves. And what you're describing about your own state, if I can put it in one sentence, you'd probably agree with me, that you're probably much more connected to yourself than you used to be. 100%. This next section, I want to go to one of my favorite intellectuals, even though to some people he's controversial. I don't really understand why some people think he's controversial, but I digress. And that is Jordan Peterson. He is one of the most intelligent lecturers out there because he he gives you the thought process and like all these different questions that he would ask his clients because he's a clinical psychologist and like all the different ways you can look at things. So in order to connect to ourselves, we have to first know ourselves and know our personalities and our potential. And Jordan has some really cool thoughts on that. The Greeks had the maxim, know thyself. How do we come to know ourselves in terms of our personalities and more importantly, potential? Well, one of the first ways to come to know yourself is to understand that you don't. You know, you can learn to kind of watch yourself like you're watching a stranger, but you have to adopt a position. It's a position of radical humility, I would say. Humility in two senses. So one sense would be the humility of recognizing your ignorance. So you have to understand that you don't know who you are 
And that's not easy to understand because you think you know, but then, you know, you remember you can't control yourself very well. You're not very disciplined. You're full of flaws. Maybe you don't know yourself as well as you think, but it's hard to get low enough to understand how deeply it is the case that you are ignorant about who you are. Now, there's an upside to that too, which also is that you're also ignorant about who you could be. And so the discovery of that, you know, is some reward for the horror of determining who you actually are. Isn't it interesting that as much as we think we know ourselves, we don't. And the way I often think of this, or at least the way that I can, can see the point that he's making is how many times have we in a younger version of ourselves thought a certain way and somebody older than us was like, well, when you go through this experience, you'll think differently. And like, no, 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 I, I wouldn't think that differently. I'm, I don't know, altruistic or whatever. And then you go through that experience and you're like, oh, that's what they meant. Perfect example is kids. Perfect example is marriage and divorce. You know, we have, as we grow up, some of us have these idealized versions of things. And until we go through the shit, we can't always completely understand or even empathize with people as well as you can if you've gone through it. But through that radical humility, we are going to be able to, to step back and really parse out what is going on. Now, let me just take a step back. All of this stuff that I'm saying today, and well, really, any, anytime, but especially today, I'm not saying that you absolutely have to do this on your own. You can seek the advice of especially professionals, but in your process of trying to find your inner self, it may be helpful to talk to a family member or a friend or your significant other or whatever. But even with that said, a lot of this is going to come down to you doing the work within the confines of your mind. Anyway, getting back to what he was saying, I love how he said that by not knowing yourself, you actually, there's potential there. And I find that that was a really interesting comment because we often, the more we know something about ourselves, we think that we can't do something, but maybe it's in the, well, I don't know. I haven't been there. You know, maybe it could be the greatest thing for me, or maybe there are skills there that I don't currently have, but if given the opportunity, I could really crush it. You know, so getting to know yourself, even for me, I'm almost 40, and there are things about myself that I've learned recently that I've finally put some pieces together, and it's like, oh man, I, I am that way, or that's why that happens, and like these, even though I hate this term, triggers, right? It's all in this, the complexity of just us being us is astounding when we really, really do a deep dive and get into the nitty gritty, the ugly about ourselves, right? None of us are perfect. A lot of us Maybe we're at least good enough to not act on some of our really fucked up thoughts, but we definitely have them, especially when we're angry at the world or a specific person. So, but again, all of those things, those angers and, and all that, it, 
just it distracts it disconnects us from our true self which is uh, whole and divine and ultimately happy Jordan then goes on to explain that as we become more conscious of our actions and our thoughts and as we're going through this process there are a bevy of complicated questions that we have to start with and especially the ones that deal with the dark parts of ourselves in order to really get to the root and I like a lot of these questions that he asks because it's not you know the simple things that we would expect a therapist to ask us or that maybe our friends would like it goes another level deeper and it can unearth a lot of things that maybe scary maybe ugly but once they're addressed and taken care of then you can finally start making progress in your life you can start being happier with your true self and then you show up differently you have a different energy about you and who doesn't want that because probably the energy you're in right now especially if you're in this dark part of your life probably sucks let's just be real probably not attracting a lot of good things into your life do you find that that is happening to you a lot probably because your frequency isn't where it needs to be and that frequency can only increase or vibrate higher if you do the work even though it's hard and, and all that stuff and then i would say well then you watch yourself you watch yourself like you're watching a stranger you watch what you say and you listen and you think well what sort of person would say that and how am i reacting emotionally when i'm communicating in that manner is that making me feel stronger or weaker is it is it is it filling me with shame is it helping my confidence um am i laying out a lie am i deceiving myself and other people am i adopting this personality at parties that is designed to impress and to amuse and it comes across as nothing but self-centered narcissism um what are my dark fantasies what are my aggressive fantasies um what is it that i'm willing to do what am i interested in so that i'll spontaneously pursue it what do i procrastinate about and why what am i unwilling to do what do i think is good what do i congratulate myself for accomplishing and what do i berate myself for failing to confront and to implement those are all incredibly complicated questions and you don't know the answers to them so that's that's a start and then in terms of potential well you'll discover a little bit more about your potential as you discover who you are especially the darker parts of yourself because then you discover your potential for mayhem there's some real utility in that it's actually something that strengthens you because the first thing that a realization like that can in fact produce is the ambition to incorporate that dangerousness into a higher order personality and that can make you implacable that can make you someone who can say no when you need to say no you know that can make you someone who won't avoid necessary conflict and so that's unbelievably useful and so that's one of the potentials that you might discover all right so now let's take the next step which is to how do we reconnect with ourselves as we've gotten all this great information from Jordan and Dr. Mate. The big thing about connection to yourself is you have to go into a place where you're distraction free. You meditation, hiking, going to the beach, even something as simple as sitting in your car in your garage 
or on the street, whatever. And if you're on the street, maybe you need to put the seat back so all you can see really is your ceiling. And yeah, sure, you might hear some noises, but that's that's really not a big deal. Or you can go to a place in your car and where you're not distracted. Because solitude is going to be your friend, especially at the beginning. You gotta, you gotta have these talks with yourself. I probably look like a madman when I'm driving down the freeway because I'm constantly either singing or talking to myself, having arguments with myself, or you know those arguments that you probably had in the shower earlier that day that you totally crushed and beat that person, and I'm still continuing them three hours later in my car, and, then, and another thing, right? The one thing you have to be really aware of is you're gonna get triggers and negative thoughts. And instead of automatically believing or judging them, you should dig a little bit deeper and ask some of those questions that Jordan was asking. Even asking simple questions like, why do I feel this way? Or where is this coming from? Why does this always happen? And it's not just a simple, well, the first thing that comes to you. Say someone says something really mean to you that reminds you of an issue you had a long time ago. Let's take me for example. And this isn't something that bothers me now, but when I was in my early 20s, I was already losing my hair like crazy, okay? So if somebody made fun of my hair, it would have really triggered me. It would have really upset me, not just pissed me off, but there's like, you know, more emotional connection because at the time, I was young, right? Typically, young people have hair. My brother has a full head of hair to this day. And, you know, nobody really expects to start losing their hair at 15 or whatever, like I did. So, if especially a woman made fun of my hair, it, it really would have hurt me. And then, in this exercise, it's like, well, ouch, that hurts. And like, well, why does it hurt? Well. I shouldn't be losing hair right now. Well, one, that's an entitlement thing, but you know, that is a statistical reality that usually in your 20s and teens, and maybe even up to age 30, the vast majority of men have not started losing their hair. So you ask, okay, well, why, why is me losing my hair such a trigger for me? It's like, well, I feel out of place. I feel weird. I feel like an outcast. Okay, well, why do you feel like an outcast? Or like, is this the first time you felt like an outcast? No. Um, and you can fill in the blank from there. Like you just say, well, it was this situation. And then that person made me feel a certain way and it goes down the road, road, you know? And so you can't just settle. Don't just settle for the first thing that comes to you because it's easy. And, that, and that's a truism for a lot of things in life. Uh, but especially in this exercise, because you really got to dig deep. So you'll get all that information, you're writing it down and you're connecting to yourself. The other thing about this is not don't just connect with the negative things and try and parse out and figure out how you can fix that or why certain things are a certain way, but also focus on what makes you light up, what brings you joy, what you would like your life to be like. Write those things down too. And like we've talked about in previous episodes, if that's truly what you want, you can make it happen. But you have to make sure that you are setting goals, you have a plan, and you follow through with that. And actually, Jordan has some really good points on people's potential and their goals and how to make that happen. The other thing you do to discover your potential is to, well, you challenge yourself. 
Rule four in my book, 12 Rules for Life, is compare yourself to who you were yesterday and not to who someone else is today. And that's kind of a good way to start this. It's like, take a bit of a look at yourself and think about what's not so good that you could improve, that you should improve by your own standards and that you would improve, you know, and set yourself a little goal. You know, maybe you're not studying at all at your university. Or maybe you're at work and you've got this stack of paper there, you know, and you haven't looked at that damn stack for like a month and you know that you should be. And you're bothering yourself at night because you're avoiding that. Think, well, I've avoided that stack of paper completely for one month. I'm quite a coward when it comes to whatever snakes might be hidden in that stack of paper. How about tomorrow I just like put that stack of paper in front of me on my desk and I, I glance through it for 15 seconds. See if I can do that. It's like, well, you set yourself a goal of improvement. You know, it's a humble goal because really, are you such a coward that the best that you can bloody well manage after a month of avoidance is 15 seconds of exposure to a stack of paper? You know, it could easily be. You've been avoiding it. So you're obviously afraid of it. And so the situation could be that dismal and dire. And you might think, well, geez, it's no bomb to my ego it's no it's not fostering the strength of my ego to recognize myself someone who could only withstand 15 seconds of exposure to that thing I'm afraid of and so that's a form of humility too it's like there's things you could do to improve and you know what they are and there's small steps that you could take that you might take that would put you in that direction and then the question is are you big enough to take those small steps you know are you capable of grappling with the fact that you're fundamentally flawed to the point where you have to break things down into almost childlike steps in order to manage them? And the answer to that is, yeah, you are. And that's the lot of, I don't know if it's the lot of everyone. Most people have things they avoid, you know, and they're afraid of. So I would say to some degree, it's the lot of everyone. People vary in the degree to which they've conquered that. And you do meet people from time to time who are extraordinarily disciplined. But most of the time they've got disciplined in exactly this manner. It's through slow incremental improvement. And then you challenge yourself. It's like, well, could I do this? That would be better. Then you find out and then you think, well, is there something slightly larger and more challenging that I could do that would be better? And, and you try it and you find out. And as you try it and you find out Generally, you get better at it and you can take on larger and larger challenges. You know, you take responsibility for yourself. That's part of standing up straight with your shoulders back. It's like, take on the world, man. But only in the, only at the level that you can manage. You know, when you're ignorant and biased and deeply flawed and immature, it's where everyone starts. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew, but it doesn't mean that you can't wrestle with, with part of reality. You know, some part that's small enough so that you have a good shot at victory. And to put yourself together, the first steps towards that is to allow yourself to be a fool, right? It's because you don't know what you're doing. You have to admit that. And there's going to be a loss of ego or destruction of ego, arrogant ego that necessarily accompanies that. But you need the loss of that arrogant ego because it's precisely what's interfering with your movement forward. You know, it's part of the adversarial process, mythologically speaking, that stops moral progress. 
You're too proud of who you think you are to notice what you're like so that you could change properly. You don't want to sacrifice that part of yourself. It's probably associated with some delusion that helps you maintain a positive, although very fragile, self-image, you know, in the absence of genuine effort. One of the, the best lines in that is when Jordan talks about becoming a fool for a good cause, essentially, is what he's saying. And for me, as we lose our ego and we become that fool in the pursuit of not only bettering ourselves, but connecting to the better parts of ourselves. And as we marry that with discipline and incremental steps, we will then start to see happiness, progress, joy, and a bunch of good stuff come into our lives. Because we are finally not only just making good things happen in our life, but we're connecting to our true divine inner self. We're finally real. We're finally authentic. The thing that I've had to learn the hard way and also it took a long time is that we, there is a massive value in authenticity. There is a massive value in knowing who you are and being okay with it. Because here's the thing, as we all know, haters gonna hate, you're not gonna be liked by everybody. So it's important that you're at least liked by yourself, right? And you can only really like yourself if you've done the work to find out who your inner self is and to address the issues and to then even through that, love yourself despite your flaws, despite the history that you know intimately that maybe even your best friend or your significant other doesn't even know the entirety of the story, you will be a powerful individual when you show up and, and you're basically like, look, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. But I'm not gonna change for you because I've done the work. I know where my weaknesses are and how to fix that, and how to mitigate situations that put me in a dark place. But I'm going to be my most authentic self because if I was to give you anything else, that would be essentially lying to you. And who wants to be around a liar? Uh, especially a compulsive liar and a perpetual liar. It's not a happy way to live your life. If you Like, here's the thing with lying. Right? We, I had that whole episode on cheating. In order to cheat, for a long time, you have to lie. Right? You have to. Like, there's no way about it. You're lying to the person potentially that you're cheating with. You're obviously lying to the person that you're uh, in the relationship with. And while there are many reasons I don't ever want to cheat ever again, just the sheer keeping up with the lies and keeping it straight. I don't really know anybody that can do it. And there's so much anxiety and all that stuff that comes with that. So if you're not being authentic and therefore you're lying because you're not being your true self, then there's no way, no fucking way you're ever going to be completely whole 
and happy. In summary, we all need to reconnect if we aren't already connected to our inner self, especially if we are going through a very trying time. There are many things that we can do to do that, but the simplest way to do it is to get in some solitude, whether that's through being out in nature, meditating, just going for a drive, and maybe parking somewhere, and just talking to yourself, trying to figure it out. Asking a bunch of questions and not just getting you know the first answer that comes to you. Dig deeper, write them down, and then as you start to figure out things, you can then take that and say, okay, how do I take all of that information, not only accept it, but love myself despite all of that negative stuff, and then what do I want my life to be in the future? How can I make that happen? Set those goals and dream all of that, write it all down, and then make it happen. We all have great potential within us. We just got to take the steps in order to Realize that for ourselves, like actually realize it for ourselves. It's not just a platitude. Like we truly believe it. And then we just make it happen. All right, that's the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that there's some good thoughts that you can think about and uh, some steps that you can take in order to help you in that journey. I know for me, it has been revolutionary in trying to get through all of the issues that I have been laying dormant for so long. So I wish you the best in that. It's going to be rough. It's going to suck, but it is so worth it in the end. Like I said, I'm going to be back on Wednesday. We're going to talk about connecting with a partner. I got some really good material. Actually, it was more the connecting to the partner side of this that inspired me to have this whole connection episode today and of course on Wednesday. So hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll catch you on Wednesday.